Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. So if you guys are anything like me and you struggle with allergies, raise your hand because I am right there with you. I get super itchy throat, itchy ears, and I sneeze like a crazy woman. And it really does prevent me from wanting to take my daily walks with my husband. But luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. It is designed for serious allergy sufferers. Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieves your allergy symptoms and decongests your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes and an itchy nose and sinus congestion and pressure with an ease, which is a exactly what I need. So I have been using them anytime that I have allergies, which has been many, many times. I have found that it has definitely helped me so much where I can go outside again and enjoy my day. So if you guys are ready to live life as if you don't have allergies, it is time to live Claritin Clear. It is fast and powerful relief. It's just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. For today's episode, before we get into everything, we are going to be doing some stories. So for today's episode, I'm going to be sharing some stories I've never shared before. Dun, dun, dun. I'm kind of scared. Where's the sound effect for it? What is up, happy and healthy? Welcome back to the podcast. My name is Janine Amapola. If this is your first time listening to my podcast, I drop these every single Tuesday. I think my microphone's a little loud and I'm so excited to have you here. If this is your first time listening, welcome to the podcast. My name is again, Janine Amapola. A lot of people butcher my name quite a bit. They call me Jeannie Amapola which is my, I guess, my alternative personality or something. I'm not really sure, but it's not how you pronounce my name. So um, I post these every Tuesday and I love just to sit down, share advice with you guys, um, talk about anything just truly to better you, to help you, to do just also fun episodes too. Like I bring my fiance on a lot. I actually do want to feature a voice memo from one of my listeners. So I do these a lot or actually haven't done this in a while, which is why I realized I need to do it. So I I love to play the voice memos that you guys submit. If you don't know how to do this on the show notes or the YouTube description, there's a button that says leave a voice memo for Janine. So definitely do these. I love, love listening to them. And I want to try to feature more of these and answer your questions at the end of episodes going forward. So definitely feel free to leave a voice memo. And then for today's episode, before we get into everything, we are going to be doing some stories. So for today's episode, I'm going to be sharing some stories I've never shared before. Dun, dun, dun. I'm kind of scared. Where's the sound effect for it? Nope. Yeah, that's how I feel. It's a little scary sharing some of these stories, but I'm going to be sharing four stories and what God taught me or what I learned through these experiences. Some of them are embarrassing, mortifying, and college stories. And I feel like I've not done just like a chill, like story time in a very, very long time. So let's do this. Let's listen to this voice memo. And then after that, my fiance and I are going to talk really quickly just about what happened in Charleston this past weekend. A quick, horrific story time, even about that with my vertigo. Speaking of vertigo, I'm still experiencing that. So if I feel a little off today, or if I look a little off, that is why my brain still feels like it's spinning a little bit. Unfortunately, vertigo is basically where you feel in balance. There's like crystals in your ear, which I'm learning all about this. And it is what balances you. It's your equilibrium. So when your equilibrium is off, you can't walk or see properly, which is very debilitating and very frustrating. So we'll be sharing a little bit more about that, but I am still feeling a little bit of that today. So sorry if I'm off, but let's play this voice memo really fast from Gracie. 
Hey, Janine, this is Gracie. I just wanted to say first, thank you so much for having your podcast. It blesses my life so much, and I look forward to it every week. I wanted to give you a little bit of my testimony. Um, The past six years, I really fell out of my faith, and I wasn't living for the Lord anymore, and I was totally living in sin, and I felt so lost and far away from God. And a couple months ago, I really wanted to know the Lord again. Something was missing. I was lacking in my faith, but I didn't know where to start. But I found your podcast, and I started listening to it, and it completely changed my life around. Um, I'm now living for the Lord, serving in church, doing all of these things because I found your podcast, and that's what planted the seed back into my life. So I just wanted to say thank you so much. You impacted me, and I know you're impacting so many other girls like me, and I hope that encourages you today. So yes, thank you so much, and I hope you have a good day. Oh my gosh. I can't remember if I've played that voice memo before, but that I just, I really can't remember, but either way that warms my heart. Thank you so much. That's so amazing. Praise God, literally glory to God. So thank you for listening. I'm so glad you are faithfully walking back with the Lord and that blesses me to hear as well. So thank you so much. Let's just get into today's episode of story times and everything that I've learned through them. So for the next part of this podcast, I want to share, I think, three to four stories. But I think if this podcast is too long, I'm going to do three and then I'll share another one later. But I think the first one I want to share is back when I lived in California. And this was a time that I was hired to be on a reality TV show. This was probably 2018. I was new to LA. I was trying to get into the whole like TV hosting space stuff and it was going well. I was doing auditions all the time. I was getting booked for like hosting gigs and this was one of my cooler experiences but also one that I was like I don't think I was prepared for. It's circa 2018 and I get reached out by I think it was the family channel. So it's like I think it was like an ABC type of thing but it was like their family channel or whatever. And so my team reaches out to me they're like hey there's this reality show and it's not like a reality reality show but you're getting to still be yourself like there's not a script. They hired me and like probably 15 other people. And the segment of this show was called Dr. Drew. It was like called like Ask Dr. Drew. And honestly, the whole storyline of the show didn't really make sense. So what we were there to be is we were millennials that they were hiring and we were supposed to ask Dr. Drew, who maybe you don't, you guys know who Dr. Drew is. He's like a famous doctor that has like, has been on many other shows. He asked us to come on the show and we were supposed to like get advice from him about our current situation. And then also there would be a segment in the show where somebody would come on and then we would have to give that person advice from like millennials who could like relate to their situation. So what they did is that they hired people based off of which this is what they were doing. Cause like when you went through their like vigorous interview process, they would ask you about your trauma and your childhood and things that you've been through and breakups. And so I had gone through at this time, two years previously, I had gone through like a tragic breakup, like very toxic relationship, which I've opened up to you guys about in the past, but you'll hear more about that down the road. I had opened up, opened up about it. And I just knew as I was sharing this, I was like, crap, they are going to use this story against me. There's like a couple influencers that you guys actually probably know. It was Lauren Geraldo, Denzel. There was other people I didn't really know. There was another girl like what's her name? Fanta Montana. Hold on. I'm trying to find this girl, but she, she had her name. Her name was like Montana something. And she had been on like previous, like reality shows before, like multiple, multiple times. I don't know. Her name was like something Montana. She'd been reality TV shows before. There was another girl, like her name was like Shonda. And there was, um, oh, her, she's like another really well-known influencer. Y'all, I'm so sorry. Literally for the life of me, cannot find these other influencers. I have sat here for 10 minutes trying to find them up. But one of them, her name's like Nebulin. She's like a well-known TikToker. She was on that show, Lauren Geraldo, Denzel, Christian Pierce. And then this girl, something with Montana, she was like a reality TV star girl. So anyway, we're on this show and the whole premise of the show, like I said, was just kind of confusing. So we filmed two episodes and basically what the point is, was that we were filming these two episodes to see if the show would get picked up by the family channel. So we filmed full on episodes. We have, you know, we have certain clothing, there's hair, there's makeup. We're sitting on these like platforms 
in in the studio. So everyone sits by each other and they basically would give like a prompt and they would tell, they would be like, how would, Christian, how would you react to this? And so someone would be like, well, I don't care. Like do whatever you want to do, whatever. So I was the only Christian on this show. And I think that's why they came for me. I was the only Christian. I had this story and there would be times when they, they would be, okay. So for example, there was this one couple and this one couple was like, yeah, we're living together before marriage. We're having problems, blah, blah, blah. And they knew my beliefs because like, I personally don't think it's the best decision to live before marriage. At this point in my life, I was not extremely vocal about my faith. I was, but I didn't firmly know what I fully believed. I was still kind of confused. I was still figuring that out. Like I just wasn't as confident and well-versed in Bible verses and my faith. And so even though I was a Christian, I was still kind of not fully confident quite yet. They would give us these prompts and they were, they literally would like, you would sometimes like have people that would have signs and they would tell the person like, you need to speak. So instead of it being like from your heart or you being like, Hey, I want to share this advice. They had this sign and they would stick up and they would say, Janine, speak, Janine, say things. And they kept picking on me. And I don't know why they kept being like, say something. And so I'd be like, um, well, I, I personally think that you should, and like, I would give my opinions and I'm like, why, why are they picking on anybody else? It was almost like they were trying to like, get me to say the opposite, which this is what they do in reality TV. They were like trying to get me to say the opposite so that it would cause some like a scene. And then someone would, you know, debunk that or battle me, or they'd be like, well, I don't think it matters if you live before marriage. And I'd be like, well, I personally, and like, we would go back and forth and it was just like really awkward. It was like what they were trying to do was pin us against each other to try to get us to, you know, cause like a riot, which is, I guess the premise of the show is to create some drama. So it was just like kind of weird. And then they would just keep picking on me and they would try to like probe more on my story. And even if I wasn't fully comfortable talking about it, they would probe on it. And then you would have to be like, Dr. Drew, what do you think about this? Or the couple would be like, what do you think? How should we solve this problem? And there were some people on the show that ended up really sharing some like really tough situations. Like one of the guys next to me ended up talking about his like parents divorce and how his dad and him had a bad relationship and how he felt like he had possibly been missed, like molested as a kid. And he starts crying on stage and they're like poking at it, like trying to probe it. And I'm sitting next to him and I literally start like encouraging him, like giving him Christian advice. I'm like, you are a son of the King. Like God loves you. Like there's nothing God can't redeem. And of course I'm sure people thought like literally Jay, shut up. We don't care. We don't want to hear this at this moment. But like, I was just trying to do what I thought was best. Listen guys, Janine and I have been married for six months. And the reason why it is a beautiful marriage, it's because of Thrive Market. Thrive Market, thank you so much for sponsoring this episode. We genuinely love you so much because of Thrive Market. We're able to save so much time through ordering all our grocery and household essentials through the app or website. Uh, guys, it's just a huge stress relief. And you guys also know I have gut issues, like really, really, really bad. So finding, you know, food with top quality ingredients is super crucial for me. And Thrive Market not only does that, but they restrict a, over a thousand harmful ingredients like artificial flavors, high fructose corn syrup, and a lot more. And guys, when if you're parents and you have you need to find organic kid snack, they have low sugar alternatives and high protein essentials. Jenny and I are also training for our marathon, so it is so beneficial that we can find all of our protein options and snacks through Thrive Market. And guys, save time and money and shop Thrive Market today. Go to thrivemarket.com slash healthy for 30% off your order, plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash healthy, thrivemarket.com slash healthy. And so another point of the story was it was so crazy. Like a lot of people were arguing. They were like going back and forth. I was just kind of sitting in the back because personally, I don't enjoy, enjoy debating. I didn't enjoy being like, well, I think like I never really wanted to do that unless they came up and they had those freaking signs that were like, Janine, say something. Like they kept picking on me. So anyway, there was one point where, you know, this is just where like I getting like a behind the scenes of reality TV. I was like, 
y'all are mean. Like they play with your psyche and they try to get you get all emotional and they probe into it and they press into your wounds and they try to make it worse. And so one of the girls, she opened up about something that was like really, really hard to her. She had like a recent public breakup that was like viral. Everybody knew about it. She was, she's been on different shows before. So people knew who she was and they kept probing at it. They kept like telling her, like putting the sign up for her being like, share more, share more, share more. And she starts literally sobbing like on the stage. Like she did not want to talk about it anymore. And Dr. Drew's like, well, tell me more about that. And we wait, no, we're not done talking about it. And so she ends up being like, I don't want to talk about this anymore. So she starts running off the stage. The camera crew is quickly, they start snapping. They're like, get the camera, get the camera. They immediately start getting the camera. They start chasing after her. They start, ch- it was like, um, it was like an episode of Mari where they're chasing the person behind the scenes. She's crying. She's running off, she's running off stage. And everyone is just sitting there like, Oh, like, like it was so awkward. Then Christian goes chasing after her and Christian's like, stop. Like you're obviously, she's crying. Like, let her be like, she obviously doesn't want to talk about this. And so Christian goes in to save her basically, because the show was just totally trying to like expose her. And, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. You guys get the point. They're obviously trying to play into her emotions and get a good scene out of this. They're chasing her. She's sobbing. She's like, I don't want to talk about this. It was like a really sensitive topic. Somehow it got brought up to like her parents divorce too and how that was really sensitive. And Dr. Drew is probing at that as well. So anyway, all that to say, it was just like a very awakening moment for me where I just kind of was like, whoa, Like, this is what kind of goes on behind the scenes and how, like, not everything you see is real. And even though the show actually never never ended up getting picked up, it never um, went live. And honestly, thank God. I don't, I think I went on that show before I was actually ready to be on that show. I think I just saw, like, oh, this is opportunity. I should take it. Exciting. And I think the moral of the story is, like, not every opportunity you get is an opportunity you should take, especially if you're not equipped for it. You're not ready for it. I don't think I was prepared faith wise for that show. I think I was very weak. I was very shy still. I wasn't really willing to talk about my faith quite yet. And I didn't know how to like totally stand firm yet. Like I would say something and then I'd be like, and I would like immediately like shy away and be like, but, but that's just what I think. Like it just kind of goes to show like you don't want to put yourself in compromising situations or, you know, say yes to every opportunity just because it sounds like a good opportunity. If there's money or there's fame involved, like there, I probably had no business being on that. And honestly, like, like I said, I'm really glad the show didn't pick up. And I think it was a really cool experience that I'm thankful I got to have, but it's like one of those things where it's like, Hey, maybe don't like, don't accept everything or really pray before you get an opportunity. And I know not everyone's getting asked to be on a reality TV show or whatever. That was just because I was living in LA and whatever. But it just kind of goes to show like not every opportunity is a good opportunity and you should always be prayerful for that or even ask yourself like, am I prepared for the consequences that are to come after this? Because once that show goes live, like I, I actually started to get really fearful because I was like, I don't know if I'm ready for what's to come after this show. If this show blows up, if it goes viral, if I become like actually like famous or whatever. I was like, I don't know if I'm ready for that. I don't even know if I want that. And so it really just goes to show like, there's going to be so many things in this life and in this world that's going to promise you things or tempt you or be like, do it and look at all the money and the fame and the opportunities and what you're going to get. And everyone's going to know your name. And it's like, but at what cost? Like, what are you trading to get that? What reward are you actually getting in the end? Is it actually what you actually think it's going to be? How many times can I say actually? Does it promise life or is it actually going to take something from you? And so it just goes to show like, I needed to be more firm in my faith and you don't know what these shows are actually promoting or what's actually going on behind the scenes. Like it's just kind of something for us to consider when we're watching TV shows or reality shows. Like we don't know what's going on behind the scenes or honestly, like kind of even what messages they're promoting because the show was not promoting like anything godly. Like I was the one Christian on the show. That's why they brought me on there. And it was kind of like I was crapped on for being a Christian. The world will not like you for your faith. The world may think you're crazy. The world may 
you know, try to judge you or whatever, but it's just a reminder to stand firm, to be firm in your convictions, to not back down, but, but season it with love, season it with grace, but be a light. And I think at that time I didn't know myself enough and I didn't know the Lord enough to fully do that well. And so I think I just rushed it. I think I rushed the process. I said yes too soon because I was excited. And so not every opportunity should we say yes to. We should always be prayerful. Don't always open every door. Don't always walk through every door that's open for you. And so that was just something that I was like, it was just a crazy story and a weird experience like overall. And I just wanted to share that because it was never a story I've like fully, fully shared. And it was like a cool thing. I remember at the time being like, oh my gosh, I'm on a show. This is so crazy, but it's so weird to know the behind the scenes of like TV and like what goes on and how people are behind the scenes. And what I will say is Lauren Geraldo, and maybe you guys know who she is. She's a well-known YouTuber. One of the nicest people, like genuinely we stayed connected after that. And I was like, you are so nice. Like it was really cool getting to connect with her. And, but it's just like sad how, you know, TV shows will use your story and use things against you for money and for, for views. Gosh, there's a, there's a specific word I'm trying to think of, which I think you guys know. It's like when someone is like using a story against you, to like exposing that to like get money from you. I'm, I'm really trying to think about this word. I'm like brain, please work, but it's just crazy. So I think it's just something that I was like, I'm glad the Lord did not let that show go viral or take off or ever get picked up because I don't think it would have been good for me. And I remember even being done with the first two episodes, wondering if the show got picked up. And I was like, I'm actually like, like, I don't even know if I want the show to be picked up. So I don't know. I just think the Bible does say to be ready at all times to share why you have this faith, why you have this hope. And I think now I'm ready for that to be able to share at all times. But I think at that time I was still very squeamish and new in my faith. And I was like, I can't do this. Not that I was new in my faith, but I don't think I was prepared to do that. I think I was still kind of confused. I was dabbling in the world. But what I will say, it was actually really fun. After the show um, ended, a couple of us went to dinner. It was like Denzel, Christian, and Lauren and I. We all went to dinner, and that was really fun. I really enjoyed that. Like, I'm glad the friendships I got after that. But the show overall, I remember just feeling like I don't belong here. Like, I'm not ready for this. And so it was just a crazy experience that I wanted to share. Some things that I've learned from that, and I just feel like the world's going to really try to tempt you with some things, and you really got to evaluate, like, God, is this from you? Is this the best? I know I could say yes, but should I say yes? And it's like the first first Corinthians verse that says everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. So some things in our life, they're permissible. You can do them, but it doesn't mean you always should. Okay, on to the next story. This is one of my most embarrassing stories I don't know if I've ever shared it. And it happened when I was 20 years old. I had just turned 20. I was in college and it's a little embarrassing, especially like me being a Christian now, whatever. But you guys, you're not holding me to that anymore. I'm forgiven. I'm different now. But this is a college story that was just straight up embarrassing. It is my sophomore year of college. And at the University of Texas, there's this thing called Roundup. It's every spring, and it's basically where they bring in rappers from all over to the fraternity houses. So rappers hire like Lil Wayne or like um, Lil Yachty or Gucci Mane or uh, who are the other ones? Walk a Flock of Flame, whatever. At this time in my life, like I said, college was a little bit of a confusing time for me. I had basically stepped away from my faith, even though I was professing to be a Christian. I was partying all the time. I was a real mess in college. And going from being homeschooled to this massive university of 50,000 people, I was... I was a disaster. I basically did whatever anyone wanted me to do. I just, I just drank, but still like not good. So roundup happened and it was my first ever roundup. I didn't know what it was, but everyone's like, are you going to round up this year? And I was like, what is that? So I learned about it. Basically you have to get a wristband. You have to go in line, wait in line to get a wristband and not everybody can go. They're very selective and might I even add very racist as well. So at this time, like this is when, you know, colleges started getting exposed for racism and stuff like that. Like one of our fraternities actually got shut down at our college because they were known for like being blatantly like racist. So their chapter like got closed down at our university, but this is not where I was going. So 
there was a there was a Sigma Chi party and my best friend at the time, her name is Brianna. She came into town. We had just celebrated my birthday the week before I just turned 20 and we're like, let's go to these parties. So we got all of our outfits. Everyone wears like a very particular outfit. You wear like neon clothing and you wear like your sorority shirt. And at this time I wasn't in my sorority yet. I joined my sorority my junior year and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm a GID, which was very, very, very frowned upon at my college, which makes me just kind of have like a little bit of trauma and distaste for sororities and fraternities because a GID, which I don't really want to say, but it's, it's basically what it means is it's, you're a G you're a God dang independent. So that's kind of what they would call you. It's like, you were basically like, I'm not in a fraternity. I'm not in a sorority. I, so they would call you a GID. I think that's what they called you. Yeah. You were called like a git. I don't know. I forgot what the D stands for. I think it stands for independent. So I was kind of like, how can I get into this? Because I'm not in a sorority. People don't know me. And I knew like a couple people in them. So I was like, I've got a finesse. So me and my friend, we get the wristbands somehow and we start waiting in line. So luckily for us, my friend is dating one of the my friend is dating this guy who was a, he was a phylam or something. No, not phylam. Sorry. I forgot. I don't know. I'm too old for this. So he, she was dating someone that was in a fraternity at the university of Oklahoma, but his best friend was in a fraternity at UT, which is where I went. So he's like, Hey, don't worry. I got a friend. He'll let us in. So we wait in line. They sneak us in, they get us to the front door and we cut the line. All these people are like, so ticked at us. I'm like, it's not my fault. Like they're the ones that let us cut the line. Like, let me live. We cut the line. And like I said, at this time, I wasn't, I wasn't really drinking. I, this was when I was on my soapbox of like, I'm fine. Like I don't need a drink. So the whole day, like I was still kind of on that. And I started later partying, like later in my life. But at this point I was not there quite yet. So we get in there, walk a flock of flame is there and it got it got crazy. Like it got a little cuckoo. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like my little homeschool brain, like can't handle this. I'm like, uh, what is happening? Girls are like starting to twerk and it's getting crazy and people are taking shots. And I was like, (gasps) like it literally was like the epitome of one of those American fraternity college movies. Like what you see in the movies is like most, it's like kind of accurate like that's what happens people are making out in the corner like all sorts of stuff is happening and I was like oh my gosh my little peewee home homeschool brain like can't handle this because I had never in my life been around this before like at all so it's like kind of a lot for me to intake all of a sudden this guy walks up and I'm like oh and let's just call him John I'm like John and he's like Janine I'm like oh my gosh we run up to each other and I actually had a crush on John since Middle school. John and I had gone to a, a, a little mini school, a homeschool co-op in seventh grade together. We were in pre-algebra together. And I remember always having the fattest crush on this guy. So it was like, like my eyes flashed before my eyes. I was like, no freaking way. It's John. He's like, Janine. Oh my gosh. It's so good to see you. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And I'm like, do you go here? He's like, yeah, like I'm a junior, blah, blah, blah. He was a great older than me. He was like on the Texas football team or something. And, um, he was like a walk on the Texas football team. So we ended up catching up. He's like, can I get you a drink? And like I said, at this time I didn't really drink. So I, of course I caved and I was like, uh, I was like, yeah. So he gets me a drink and, um, I take the drink and I'm like, okay, like great. And I like, I'm like slowly sipping. I'm like, I don't even know how to do this. Like it tasted gross to me. And I just, I caved to the peer pressure, like unfortunately. So I start drinking it and him and I start hanging out. We're catching up me and John end up just hanging out the entire day. So my friend Bree is with her mans and me and John, he's like, Hey, I want to go grab lunch. Do you want to go with me? So I'm like, yeah, yeah. So we go grab lunch together and we somehow get, well, we get separated from Bree and her man. The time has passed. Him and I are like hanging out all day and they're in this thing. There's like two, two types of parties. There's the day parties and then there's the night parties. I must feel weird talking about this because it's like so off brand for me, but I'm just exposing myself. And like, these are just like reality of like what happened in my past. And I'm not condoning this. I'm not saying do this. I'm just saying this is what happened. And there is a lesson from this, of course. I feel weird talking about it because I'm like, oh my gosh, I know this is a Christian podcast, but it just goes to show you, everyone's got a past. Everyone's got stories. And this is one of mine. This guy, John was in SIGEP and he's like, yo, SIGEP's having another party. We should go. And I had been separated from my friend Brianna, like all day. So 
I look over and I'm like, I have not heard from Brianna like all day. Like what the heck? I go to get my phone and my phone was oddly off. And I was like, who turned my phone off? And I look at him and I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm like, my phone is off. Like I've been trying to reach Brianna and she's been trying to contact me. And I turned my phone and I had like six missed calls from Brianna. And I was like, what the heck? And I like looked at him. I was like, did you turn my phone off? He denies it. Pleads the fifth. I'm like, that is so sus, Johnny boy. So anyway, I call Brianna back. She's like, where are you? I'm like, oh, I'm at John's place. And she's like, I have been trying to contact you. I'm like, dude, I don't know what happened, but my phone is off. Don't know why. Don't know how it happened. She's like, where are you? And I'm like, I'm at John's. I was like, but we're about to go to SIGEP. Like meet us there. And so I go to John. I'm like, yo, can you get Brianna and her mans into SIGEP party? He's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, of course. I'll get them in. I'm like, okay, sick. So I was like, hey, meet me at SIGEP in 15 minutes. So we get in because he's a SIGEP. We skip the line. There's like all these people again waiting to try to get in. And we skip the line because I'm with the SIGEP dude. This literally feels like another lifetime ago. Like literally almost 29 and a half years ago. Like crazy. So crazy. So anyway, we skip the line. We get in there and I'm just not feeling it. I'm like, I don't want to be with this dude anymore. I want my friend. Where's my friend? And I'm like, hey, I like asked him again. I'm like, where's Brianna? And he's like, I'm like, she's about to be here. We need to go get her in. And he's like, don't worry. Like, don't worry. I'll, I'll get her in. So I'm like, okay, sick. So I call Brianna. I'm like, hey, John's going to come get you from the back. He's going to let you guys in. He's going to let you guys bypass the line. She's like, okay, cool. So meanwhile, I'm just hanging out by myself in their like courtyard, whatever. And there's like people drinking, there's people doing whatever. There's like a DJ, like all this music playing in the background. I'm waiting and waiting, waiting. And then John comes back and I'm like, where's Brianna? And he's like, oh, I, I, let, I let her and her dude in in the back. I'm like, well, why didn't you bring them here? And so I, so she calls me and she's like, Jay. And I'm like, what? She's like, he didn't let us in. He literally opens the door and says, Mm-mm. and then slams the door shut. And I was like, what? So I'm like pissed at this point. I'm like, why did you tell me that you let my friend in and her mans and you didn't? And so I'm like, this guy's just a straight up liar. And I'm like, John, can you please go? I'm like, why didn't you let my friends? He's like, no, no, they're in here. And he's like straight up lying to me. He's like, no, no, they're in here. And I'm like, no, they're not. She just told me that she's not like, you're not here. They're not here. So I'm getting annoyed. And so at this point, I'm like, okay, whatever. I was like, Brie, you might need to go. Just wait in line. Like, well, I'll get you in. Like, just go back and wait in line. Because like, he wouldn't let them in for some stupid reason. Before this also, John had asked me, do you want to get a drink? And I said, no. Because like I said, I was not trying to drink. So I said, no. Then he comes again. He's like, are you sure you don't want to drink? I said, no. He asked me one more time. And finally, at this point, I was like, okay, fine. I said, yes. So he goes and grabs me a drink and I'm waiting again. I'm like waiting around, but also wait, wait, hold on. Let me preface. Let me rewind. This had happened. Like he had asked me for a drink twice. I said, no. So then he goes and grabs Brianna, supposedly comes back and says, do you want a drink? I said, no. Asked me one more time. And I said, okay, fine. I'm an idiot. I caved, right? So he goes and grabs me a drink and I'm thinking that like Brianna's like around here somewhere. Like I'm thinking she's coming in. So I grab a drink. I'm just standing there because I didn't, it was beer. Like I hate beer, first of all, disgusting. And second of all, I just like didn't want to drink. Like I was not having it. I did not want to party. I was not trying to get drunk. So I literally was just holding the cup. He's like, cheers, blah, blah, blah. He's like, cheers. I take a sip and right as I go to take the sip, the police the police comes and literally chases after me and drags me. He says, come here. And I was like, oh my gosh. I threw my cup on the ground. I like start to try to like maneuver my way. I'm like, what do I do? And he yanks me by my shirt. Come here. How old are you? So the police grabs me and I'm like, oh frick, I'm in trouble. And he's like, how old are you? Give me your ID. I didn't have my ID on me. I only had my driver's license. And I was like, I, I don't, I don't, I don't have my driver's license on me. I, I don't have any. He's like, if you lie to me, you will be in jail. What's your name? Did you, how old are you? And I was like, I just turned 20. I was like, sir, like I wasn't even drinking. I promise you. Like I was trying to like finagle my way out of it. I wasn't even drinking. I swear. He's like, no, I saw you. And I was like, I literally did. I was like, I'm not even drunk. You can breathalyze me. Like I promise. I was like, I literally took one sip. He's like, nope, I saw you. You were holding it. And he's like, if you lie to me, I will throw you into jail. Meanwhile, Johnny boy, is in the back behind the police officer. He's like, if you're watching the YouTube video, you can see me. He's like making this hand motion, like, don't say anything, don't say anything. He's like telling me to lie to the cop. And I'm like, I, I can't lie. Like, I'm like looking at him like, oh my God, like, what do I do? And he's telling me like, lie, 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 lie. Like I can see him being like, just don't say anything. And I could not do it. He takes my name down. He's like, again, if this information is incorrect, 
you will go to jail. I start sobbing. I'm like, sir, I didn't even do it. I'm like crying. I was so embarrassed. He gives me a freaking MIP ticket, which is a minor in possession. I'm bawling my eyes out. I'm like, I didn't even do anything, which obviously I was holding it, but I really like, I, in my mind, I was like, I didn't do anything. Cause like, I didn't, I didn't drink. I wasn't even drinking. I wasn't even drunk. And yeah. So anyway, Johnny boy, his name is Johnny boy. Now at this point, he's like, well, you already got the ticket. So why does it matter? We might as well go party. Let's go. And I was like, are you dumb? Like, no. So I was like, I've got to go. He tries to like cheer me up. He tries to get me to stay. And at this point I was like, I'm done with you. Like you're, you're obviously trying to play games. You're trying to do something. You're trying to like, I don't know. I'm just not doing this. So I was like, I'm leaving. You didn't let my friend in. I just got an MIP. I'm over this. So I call my friend, bawling my eyes out. I'm like, Brianna, I got an MIP. I'm like so upset at myself because I was like, I'm better than this. Like, why did I do that? I was like genuinely so mad that I caved because if I had not just, if I had not said yes, this wouldn't have happened. I call her sobbing my eyes out and she's like, okay, come, come to see me. Like I'm at this guy's apartment. She was with her man. She was like, come to this apartment, come meet me third floor. I was like, okay. So I go there and I basically told her I got an MIP and it was just like, Honestly, I was just like really mad at myself. I was really embarrassed. I was mad that I caved. I was mad that I let this man peer pressure me. And of course, like I'm 20 years old. I'm young. I'm in college. It was all very, very new for me. I like had a crush on this guy. So needless to say, I didn't tell my parents for a while. I had to go record. I had to do community service. I volunteered at a pet shelter for like 12 hours. And it was just like not one of my proudest moments. I was like really embarrassed. I was super disappointed in myself. Ended up telling my sisters, they were like, Jay, like really? And I was like, I know I'm like so embarrassed. So what I learned from this in this long winded, embarrassing story is just to stand firm once again, like to not let peer pressure win because again, like I let peer pressure and people's opinions and this dude like make me do something I wouldn't have normally done. I was a very innocent girl in high school and never drank in high school, never drank freshman year. And this was my first instance with like alcohol. And it just caused me to have consequences. It caused me to have to get, go to court. It caused me to have to get an MIP, to have to do community service. And if I had just been firm, if I had just had my friend around me, if I had just not let a man, you know, pull me away from my friend or pull me into making decisions. Like I would have avoided all of this. And so maybe you're in college right now and you're faced with something like this. You're faced with a decision, you're faced with an opportunity or maybe even now, like you are faced between right or wrong or should I, should I not? And this is your reminder to choose what is right. Choose what is better for you. Think about the consequences. Think, think about what this will entail or what this will lead to or how will this make you look or, you know, is this what you want for your life? Because, you know, I had repercussions. And I remember the, the lawyer when I went, he was like, you are too young for this. And I was like, I know. When he's like, you need to be thinking about the repercussions of this and like how this is going to be in your record. And eventually I got it expunged and everything. I did all the work. But it was just embarrassing and it wasn't a proud moment of mine. And maybe you've dealt with this and maybe you're in this moment now or whatever, but just to, just to go and show you, like, it's not worth it. The alcohol is not worth it. That one night of partying is not worth it. The guy, it's just not worth it. Like I have found that life is so much more full and fulfilling when you follow God's ways, when you're not living in secrecy, when you're not chasing after the man that looks good on the outside, but really has no nothing good and beneficial for you. He's not looking out for you. And so it's just a reminder that again, the world and people will try to lure you into things. They'll try to promise things. They'll try to get you to compromise, get you to do things you wouldn't normally do. And it's just never worth it. So this is your reminder. Like you got to prepare for those public moments of someone putting you up to pressure or peer pressuring you. You've got to prepare for those in the quiet moments. Like if I had spent more time in the word with better people, people that weren't pressuring me. If I had known myself more, known my identity, known my values, known what I had stood up for, I would not have easily caved. I wouldn't have said yes so easily. And so it's just a reminder, like there's going to always be moments where people are going to either try to get us to compromise or peer pressure us or get us to do the wrong thing. Or they're going to be like, 
you're a loser or just say yes or why won't you? Oh, you're just a classic, typical Christian. But it's okay. Like we do not have to be liked always. We're not always going to be liked. The Bible says that we will be persecuted for our faith. People will not like us for that. And I think sometimes what happens is that the more that you are living in the light or you're living above reproach, you kind of actually convict people along the process where they're like, oh, this is kind of awkward. Like I thought she'd say yes. And she's calling me higher by her living higher. And so it kind of convicts some people in the process. And it's not that you're trying to be superior. It's not that you're trying to be miss, you know, holy, whatever, holy, haughty, miss lady. Um, that made literally no sense, but you're not trying to be like a judgmental Judy, but it's just like, you know, your worth, you know, your value, you know, your confidence, you know, your identity, and you don't need anybody to tell you elsewise because you already know. And so even if someone tries to pressure you, you're like, nope, I've already thought about the consequences. And so I think a lot of times you just got to slow down and ask yourself, what is this going to lead to? Is this beneficial? Is this good for me? Is this right? Should I be doing this? You know? And so I think there's like a kind of a common thread in my life of where a lack of identity really caused me a lot of problems, which is why I'm so firm and bent on knowing your identity in Christ and not letting someone tell you who you are, what to do. And the partying and the alcohol and all the things like I know in the movies and all the things it sounds really fun and the stories are fun. Yeah, we can all giggle about them. It's like funny to look back on now. It's like one of my, you know, worst stories, but I could have prevented myself a lot of, you know, heartbreak and pain and regrets and having to pay money and go to court. If I had just listened, if I had just said no, if I had just stayed with my friend and not let a man that I thought was good for me, peer pressure me. And so that's just some things that I learned. And I've, I feel like now I'm not nearly as easily persuadable because I'm like, no, I know my convictions. So you've got to know what are my convictions? What are my values? When you hold tight to those and you believe them and you live them out, you're not going to be persuaded as easily. And when you have the right people around you, you're not going to be persuaded as easily. My friend too was not very big on drinking either. So if she had stayed with me, we both would have been able to kind of be together and say no together. But because I was alone, that's how the enemy works. He gets people that are alone and he uses that against you. And that's exactly what happened to me. And so it was just kind of like a funny slash embarrassing story. It's probably one of my worst stories in college. And, um, it's like obviously funny to look back on now, but I'm like, dang Jay, like that younger girl, I wish I could just hug her and look at her and be like, you don't have to say yes. You do not have to do this just because you think you have to. It's not the end of the world. If you say no, who cares what anybody thinks about you? Who cares if you say no, who cares if you leave early? Like it's okay. Your world is not collapsing. You know what I mean? But I think in those moments we can, we can so easily think that, oh my gosh, if I don't do this, my reputation, everything's going to be ruined. The world is ending and it's not, I promise you things will be better for you. If you don't do that, things will be better for you if you say no. And so, um, I wish I could just hug that girl and be like, it's okay. Your world's not going to end. This guy's still going to try to play games with you even after that, which he tried. And I, it was just, it was a mess. But anyway, he tried to take me out on a date and ended up like he stood me up, which was just embarrassing. So learned a lot from that whole situation. And I'm glad that's done. That was nine years ago. It feels like a lifetime ago, but still to this day, we're all going to face decisions and pressures. And it's like, who do you want to be in those moments? Do you want to stand for Christ? Do you want to stand firm? Or do you want to be another person that caves and just follows what culture and society tells you to do? And I pray that you don't, I pray that you get alone with God. You learn your values. You learn what God says. You learn who God says you are, because when you do that, you will not be easily persuaded. You will not easily be coerced into certain things. And so what matters most is who you are in the private because who you are in the private will manifest in the public. So if you're a person that's just already lacking integrity, you're compromising in the private times, you're going to be doing the same thing in the public moments. And so what matters is, can you be full of integrity? Can you honor God? Can you seek God? Can you, can you follow him regardless of who's watching or who's not watching? That's what matters. And so when you're in those public moments, when you're still firm, people will say, how did you do that? And you'll say, I prepared for these moments in the private moments. So that is my encouragement to you from this embarrassing college story. Okay, up next in my final story is a breakup story. And I've not really ever also opened up much about this story because it was really, really hard for me. And it was a story of somebody I dated when I lived out in California. And this was a guy that thought we were going to get married because very early on he had told me like, oh my gosh, I'm going to marry you. You're my wife. And hi, Bubba. 
Oh my gosh, you're the best. Thank you, baby. Oh, that is, that's my husband right there. Thanks, baby. I love you. Y'all, he just got me coffee. He got me a, a shaken apple oat milk espresso. We substituted the apple, got the pumpkin cream foam, and we got two pumps of the pumpkin. Let's try it. Oh my gosh. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Why don't they have these flavors year round? Like, I truly don't understand. Anyway, so this was a relationship that I learned so much from. This was a relationship that was too much too soon. Just early on, we said, I love you too soon. Like, even though I wasn't quite ready yet, he said he loved me within like two months of dating me. But like, I wasn't ready to quite say it because I didn't feel like we knew each other that well. And it was just a relationship that was like honeymoon stage to the max. So still was a good guy, like a godly man, had a good family, at least I thought. And um, we dated long distance from LA to San Diego. And it was like still a fun relationship. It was all really, really fun until it wasn't. So about four or five months into the relationship, he's like, hey, I want you to come home to Alabama with me to meet my family. I thought we were getting married. So I was like, yes. And my family really liked him. Like there was, it wasn't like a big red flag about him or anything. Like it was just kind of like a younger relationship where it was just a little too much too fast. And so my family liked him. There was no red flags. I bragged about him to my parents and all these things. And I was like, oh my gosh, you guys, he wants me to go to Alabama to meet his family. So I go to Alabama and I meet his family and at first they were really, really nice. They like spoiled me with gifts. It was my birthday. I went there over my actual birthday. They celebrated me. They had a birthday party for me. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm like, I'm in. Like I, I am totally about to be this man's wife. Like in my young 23, 24, I forgot how old it was, 24 year old mind. I was like, I'm about to be a whole wife. Let's go. I was proven very wrong. So we come back from Alabama and I noticed a shift in my boyfriend. Something was wrong. And I was like, what is happening? What I will say is this relationship had gotten kind of weird. He, in the beginning, was a very open, fun person. But I had noticed later in the relationship that he wasn't nearly as open anymore. We would very hardly have deep conversations. It felt like it was always fun, 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 fun. Parties at parties. Like he would constantly host things at his house. He was a Christian. So it wasn't like parties. You know what I mean? But like he would constantly have events at his house. And like, I felt like we were just like going through the motions, but we weren't actually growing. You know, we weren't actually asking each other challenging questions. We weren't talking more about marriage. We weren't getting to know each other more. So I started to notice a very big shift in this relationship. So eventually I go to him and I'm like, hey, we need to talk. And he did not like that sentence because like I said, he didn't really enjoy going deep very much. I've noticed, and I was like, so it was also, this is why this relationship was not good. I was so scared to ask him questions. I was so scared to open up. Like you should never have to be in a relationship where you feel petrified to ask your boyfriend a question. So I go to him and I'm like, I'm noticing that something is off in you. We're not having as much deep conversations. I've asked you to please have one-on-one time with me in a very long time. We have yet to do that. Like what is going on? So I basically noticed he emotionally had pulled away and he finally opens up to me and he says, Jay, my family does not approve of the relationship. And literally my heart shattered. Trying to think if there's a sound effects for that. Yeah, that's how that felt. And I, my heart sank and I was like, they don't approve of our relationship. I was like, why? And basically his family did not think that I was Christian enough for their son, which is just funny because I'll get to that. So my heart sank because I'm like, wait, what? And at this point in my life, like I had been serving the Lord. I had been at church. I had been in mentorship. I had been in Bible studies. I had started to open up about my faith on, on the internet for like already like months and months and months. And I was already like walking with the Lord. And so they basically condemned my faith and they were like, you're not good enough for our son essentially. And it killed me inside. He said that my family didn't like my social media. They didn't want their future children being on social media. Understandable. But they basically just started like roasting me. Like they were like, it wasn't me, but it was like they didn't think I was spiritual enough for their son and their family. And they didn't like social media. They thought that I was this like vain, narcissistic social media girl, which maybe at the time I had, I was, maybe I was, I don't know. But it just was hard because I had, 
I had tried to be very humble and I was walking with the Lord and I had tried to show them like, I love your son and I love the Lord and I want to be a mom one day and I know I'm going to be a good wife. Like I fully believed in myself, but it was hard when you believe in yourself, but someone else didn't. And I was like, well, did you defend me? I'm like, what did you say? And he's like, no, I've tried telling that. I tried. He's like, I just don't think that they know you enough. Like, I don't think that they know you enough. He's like, I'm sorry. Like, I I don't know. This is really hard for me. Like, this is putting me in such a weird position. And it, it was just like one of the worst feelings of knowing, oh my gosh, like someone doesn't like me or someone doesn't believe in me or doesn't believe that I'm quote unquote Christian enough. And I was like, wait, what? Like I had been Christian my whole life and like I've been serving the Lord. So it was like really, really hard when I was like, I thought I was Christian enough, but they didn't think I was. Months and months and months go by and our relationship, we were just hanging on by a thread. We were trying to make it work. He was like, look, I still want to make this work. I want to be with you, but I just don't know what to do about my family. At this point, his mom had literally stopped talking to him because he was dating me. It had gotten that bad. It was crazy. It was really, really hard. I remember it was like one of the worst breakups in my life. It was really, really hard to know that I was causing so much division when like I had really tried my best to be kind. And I had tried to reach out to his mom. I tried to explain myself. I tried written her letters. I wrote her a seven page letter to try to explain some things to her and try to get her to just like talk to me and get to know me more. Cause I was like, I don't feel like she knows me. And so he was like, look, let's go back to Alabama one more time. I think if we go back to Alabama and they get to know you one more time, like it'll do something. So I was like, okay, I went going there already on the defense mode because basically I was having to prove myself at this point. I was having to prove myself that I wasn't this vain, narcissistic social media girl who was a lukewarm Christian because I really at this point didn't think I would. I was, I had mentorship people pouring into me. I was really challenging myself in my faith at this point. I had deleted old posts at this point. I had really switched up my content. Like this was the year that my channel really had gone from like regular lifestyle to Christian content. It was around like 24, 25 in my life. And so we go back to Alabama and I am so nervous. I had so many people praying for me, my whole Bible study, my mentor praying for me. Like I was like, I feel like I am fully on defense mode to this family. And my parents were praying for me and they were like, you just go in there, you just be yourself, like be the godly girl that God's called you to be. Like, we love you no matter what. And I was like, thank you. So I went in there just feeling so anxious. We get there and I immediately noticed an awkward tension. Like the tension was so thick. You could freaking cut it with a knife or a scissor or whatever. His sisters didn't like me. And I was like, literally y'all like, I don't know what I did wrong. I tried so hard. I was being nice. I was asking them questions. I was trying to go out of my way. I brought his mom a candle and a gift. And I like thanked them for letting me stay. Even the last time I thanked them for letting me stay, brought them a gift. I brought his mom flowers. Like I did everything in my mind, in my book, I was like, I did everything right. And I guess they just didn't like me. I don't know. It was like really sad. So anyway, basically the last night we had this quote unquote family dinner. His cousins are there, his sisters, his parents. His dad was always very quiet. And his mom was like the leader of the family. Like she was the one that made all the decisions. She was the one that would control the family. The dad was very passive. Like he was just kind of like sat on the back burner, like didn't really care, didn't have much of a say. You needed to get the mom's approval. And I didn't realize that, the mom had like an unhealthy, like control almost over the son. Like he could not make decisions without his mom. And I didn't realize he called his mom every single day. And I'm not saying that if he has a relationship with his mom, that's a bad thing. Like, obviously you want your partner to like love their mom, but like they would not go a single day without talking. And I realized that I think the mom saw me as like a threat to her son. Maybe I'm wrong, but I talked to a lot of counselors about it and they're like, oh yeah, like I think she sees you as like, you're replacing her when she was number one in his life before, which this is a very common thing, you guys. Very, very common. So anyway, we sit down at this dinner table and I am just, I'm just so freaking anxious. So we have dinner and after the dinner ends, they're like, okay, we want to talk to you. And I'm like, oh my gosh. The brother-in-law goes, so tell us why we should let you come into this family. And I'm like, what? And I said, so you want me to give you an elevator pitch on why I should belong in your family? And then like, yeah, they're like, we have some concerns and we've seen this about you. And they basically didn't believe me in the last relationship I had and that it was a really unhealthy relationship. And they were like, we want to reach out to your ex to see if what the story you're saying is valid. And I was like, 
you want to reach out to the guy that caused me this much trauma in my life? They basically just like instigated me and like tore me apart. They roasted me. They said very hurtful words to me. Like they called me things. The whole time I'm sitting there and I'm looking at my boyfriend at the time and I'm like, step in. I'm like, please defend me. Please say something like, you know me, like, please like stand up for me. It was literally like, I was like, like I was on trial. Like they all sat on one side of the table and I was on the opposite side of the table. I was on trial, full on judge Judy, trial and I'm sweating. I literally was like welting up with tears, trying to hold back my emotions because I was basically being picked apart for who I was to this whole entire family. It was really, really horrible. And so I start to explain them like, this is why I did what I did. And this is who I am. And like, if you know me, like, you know, my, you, you know, my heart, like my family knows me. I was like, you can ask my family about me. I'm like, I do speak about my faith. I was like, I'm learning him in my faith still. Like I was literally defending myself to them. And it was really, really hard. And like his mom just sat there and just stared at me. She gave me this like death glare. His sisters gave me this glare. And like, they're all asking me these like really heated, challenging questions. And I just was like literally on the hot seat probably one of the worst experiences ever. And so finally they're like, okay, well, anyway, we love you anyway. And they're like, they tried to like lighten the mood. Meanwhile, I just got freaking beat down. It was like, I had bruises and punches and cuts all over me. And then they were like, here's a hello kitty bandaid. You'll be fine. Like, like that's how, like how it felt. They were like, anyway, well, we still love you. And then I was like, okay. And I was like, I'm going to go to bed. And so I go upstairs and I start sobbing. I mean, full on sobbing. I'm like, that was the worst experience. I got fully broken down. It was like everything of who I was, was questioned and tried and threatened and just picked apart. And I was just like, I don't belong here. So like right when I got up to my room, it was actually kind of funny. My mentor, who she's still one of my like amazing mentors in my life, she felt the Lord tell her that she needed to pray for me. And thank God she said, hey, I don't know what's happening, but I feel like I need to pray for you. And I was like, well, you would be right. I needed prayer. I'm sobbing. My boyfriend at the time comes in and he's like, you did so good. I'm like, what? You didn't even defend me. Like you didn't even, I'm like, you didn't have my back in there, bro. You said nothing. And only at the very, very end, after like 30 minutes of them, just like punching me essentially, he's like, okay guys, like let's stop. And I'm like, what? And he, I'm like, why didn't you defend me? He's like, well, they needed to ask you questions. They needed to like get to, they, they needed to, tr- to ask you. And I'm like, but those questions were not nice. Like I, I can't even begin to explain. So I left feeling so defeated, so beat down. And it literally caused me to go into like a full on quarter life crisis. I was like, should I delete my social media? Am I not actually a Christian? Am I not godly enough? Am I not good enough? Am I not the stereotypical person that a man wants to marry? Like caused me a full on spiral in my life. I mean, I literally went into kind of like a slight depression around this time, super anxious. Him and I fought for the relationship like another month after that. Eventually we broke up because we were like, we realized like there's just no way that this could happen. Lots of back and forth after that. This relationship was just not good. So anyway, um, I was just really, really sad. And so again, when I think about this story, I think about how people came for, again, my identity and people did not approve of me. They did not like me. And it just goes to show like, again, not everyone's going to like you. People may not understand you. People are not always going to get you. Not every dude you date is the guy that you're supposed to marry, obviously. Um, because even though on paper, it sounds good, it may seem good. All the things are there, but it is just not God's best. And when his family just like did that to me, it made me question everything about me. It made me be like, am I a good person? Am I doing the, am I doing the wrong job? Like it made me complete, like it was almost like Satan was like, you should quit social media. You shouldn't be doing this. You're a fake Christian. When in my heart of hearts, like I knew myself and I was like, I know I'm doing social media for the right intentions. I know I'm sharing the gospel for the right intentions. And like they, they were saying like, you're just sharing the gospel so that you can make yourself look better. And I was like, that's really not what I'm trying to do. Like, I promise I was like, I tried to explain to them. I was like, I'm really trying to share this because I want to help girls. And they did not buy it. They did not believe it. The lesson I learned from that is you have nothing to prove to anyone because sometimes people will not get you. They may not like you. They may try to get you to prove yourself, but you don't have to defend yourself and prove yourself to anybody. Like you let God be your defender. You let God be your avenger for you. And one of the songs that carried me through that season 
of crying and the confusion and like the quarter life crisis. Like I can't even begin. I can't even like fully get into it, but like it really was one of the worst time of my lives because like I said, suddenly I was questioning everything about me and I almost quit social media and I was like, maybe I shouldn't do this. And maybe I am doing this for the wrong reasons when like I knew I wasn't, but it was like they got in my head and made me believe that. And so, um, the song defender by upper room where it's like, hallelujah, you have saved me. Uh, I'm trying to remember the words. Basically the song talks about God being your defender. And that's just really what I did. I said, God, at a certain point, I was like, I surrender this. I cannot. It's in like, in so many circumstances, we, we may want to fight back. We may want to defend. We may want to prove our case and say, no, look, I'm right. And this is who I am. But sometimes you got to just sit back and stop and say, no, God, you are my defender. God, you know me. I know again, myself in the private moments. And again, back to what I said earlier, like I knew my private moments where I would sit in the Bible. I would soak up the word. I loved the Lord. I would post Bible challenges because I wanted to help people. And I was like, I'm not about to let these people convince me that I am crazy or that I'm doing this for the wrong reasons or that who I am is wrong. And so after I tried to communicate with his mom and she wouldn't communicate with his mom and she wouldn't communicate back with me, I was like, God, this is up to you. And I surrendered. I said, God, if this is not the relationship you want for me, you take it away. And he did. And when you pray that prayer, it's a bold prayer, but God hears it and he listens and he's like, all right, if that's what you want, I'm going to do it. And I'm glad I prayed that. And I had to surrender and let God avenge for me. And whether this family likes me or doesn't like me anymore to this day, it doesn't really matter because it doesn't matter. Like I know I like me. I know God approves of me. I know that I can stand before the Lord one day and say, God, like I am trying my very best to have pure intentions, a pure heart, clean hands. And I handled that. I tried to handle that situation as best as I could. I tried to honor the mom still. I tried to be respectful. I tried to reach out. I tried to send a letter. I tried to communicate with her. I tried to do all the things and, and it didn't work. It wasn't reciprocated. So Something you got to remember is you do your part and you let God do the rest. You do the best you can. Sometimes people are just not going to get you. You're just got, you're going to end up in situations that you don't know how you got there, but you've just got to seek the Lord, be obedient and be faithful and let God defend you sometimes. And so even if they don't like me to this day, that's okay. You know, like this man is married now he's moved on. He's having his kid. Like he's good, you know, but Um, it was just a very, very hard time where I felt like I had to prove myself to get someone's approval. And ultimately at the end of the day, like people that will get it, they'll get it. If people see who you are, you shouldn't have to prove that you shouldn't have to do anything extra. People will know, like you let your character supersede you. You let your actions, you just let your actions above your words speak for itself. So don't feel like you have to prove yourself. And, and there's just going to be ultimately in life people are just not going to like you. You're not going to be everyone's cup of tea. And that is okay. Instead of trying to go and prove yourself and be like, no, like me, please, please, please. You don't have to do that. I promise you it's okay. And I know it's hard. There's times when you're like, you want them to like you, or you want things to work out. Like obviously at that time I thought we were going to get married. Like he told me he was proposing to me in November. It was crazy. So I was like, wait, if this is supposed to be my husband, like why is this happening, God? But it just goes to show that God's protection was there. Like I look back and I'm very, very thankful that I did not end up marrying this person. He was not a good person for me. The relationship was not good. And I didn't want to be in a relationship where the family criticized me and picked me apart. You know what I mean? Like the family I'm marrying into now loves me and cares for me. And I was like, this is what I've dreamt of. This is what I've prayed for my entire life. And so it is worth the wait. You know what I mean? It is so worth the wait. And I'm glad that didn't work out. So even though that door slammed shut, it was very painful God was still there. He protected me. He showed me people's true colors. And it's crazy because like I said, the family was like condemning me and saying all these things about me. And then later, you know, after we broke up the true colors of the, of my ex, like came out, like he was doing all sorts of things once we broke up. And I was like, this man is a Christian. You will know people by their fruit. And that's what you go by. You know, you don't go by people's words. You go by their fruit. If they exemplify Christ. And so, um, just some lessons like, man, you don't got to prove yourself and you don't got to prove yourself to anybody. And the people that will get it, they will get it. And it's just like when you're an influencer, like not everybody is going to follow you or like your page or like your content, but the people that do, they will. And it's just like in life and in general, like not everyone's going to be your friend. Not everyone's going to want to hire you for the job, but the people that will, they'll see it in you. 
And if they don't see it, someone else will. And that's okay. It may take time, but you've got to like yourself. You've got to be confident in yourself. You've got to be firm in your identity because when I wasn't firm, it, it was like, again, I was, I was so easily shakable. So sorry, my camera battery died, but to close out, I'm just saying that when you know your identity in Christ, you're not as easily movable and shakable. And if someone doesn't like you, you're like, but I know God approves of me, you know? And I think that younger Jay was still trying to figure that out. And she was trying to learn more about that because I was still growing more in my faith. I had been walking with the Lord, but I was still growing. And so it just truly all goes back to knowing your identity in Christ. That is the foundation for everything. First saying, am I pleasing in the sight of the Lord? First and foremost, that's what matters most. And then people second, but sometimes people's opinions, they don't matter at all. You know, like if, as long as you are walking obediently with the Lord and, and being a faithful servant to him, like who cares what anybody else has to say? And so Again, like when God shuts the door, it is sometimes the biggest blessing. You cannot see it at the time, but when you, when you grow and when time goes by, you look back and you'll be like, wow, that really was God's protection. He was looking out for me. So gracias a Dios. Thank you, Lord. Anyway, those are three of my stories. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. I know this was a little bit longer, but I thought it'd be kind of fun to just do a little bit of a story time and some takeaways that I had from these moments in my life. Um, these were all like, I guess like younger years. Um, and it's just so cool to see how much the Lord has grown me and given me confidence in him. And also I think as you just get older, like less things bother you, but it really does help having the right people around you. Because when you're facing these things, like you don't want to go through these alone. You want to be around other people to help you and help you overcome and remind you of who you are. Because when I was struggling with that, like that's when I had in that breakup, I had people remind me, this is who you are, Jay. Like, don't let it bother you. This is what, what you are. And so I had some really awesome friends around that time help me overcome that and a mentor. And, and, um, yeah, there's some things in that breakup. I didn't even get to share. I had to go to counseling for it. But, um, anyway, I'm glad that's passed. I was like literally uh, four and a half years ago at this point and feels like again, another lifetime. So those are some crazy stories of my past. And I hope you guys got a kick out of it and enjoyed hearing these and just kind of got to know me better. And I love sitting down with you guys. I'm going to drink my coffee and I also have to go get a facial. I'm doing a microneedling facial for my wedding. Um, so we have to do those now so that my skin is healed by the time of the wedding for the wedding. We still have another like month and a half, which is crazy. Like actually, is it a month and a half? Yeah. Still have about a month and a half left which time is flying, but I'm about to be a whole wife. Let's go, baby. I'm so excited. I'm about to marry this man and I can't wait. So if you enjoyed today's episode, please let me know, leave a comment, um, share it, repost it, whatever. Um, I hope nothing's taken wrong or that anyone listening is like, oh my gosh, can't believe you did those things. But everyone has a past. I'm just out here exposing mine and I'm praying that it blesses you and helps you and you learn from it as I've learned from mine. So I will see you guys again next week for another episode of Happy and Healthy. But until then, stay happy and healthy. Bye guys. Bye.